KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. So, as the COVID 19 pandemic continues and the Delta variant spreads, we had a simple topic we wanted to talk about. If you are fully vaccinated, how concerned should you be about getting COVID 19 right now? How contagious are you if you do get a breakthrough case? What are the concerns of long COVID if you're fully vaccinated? For this conversation, we reached out to Dr. Annette Raboli, professor of medicine and the dean of Cooper Medical School at Rowan University in South Jersey. Really important conversation. Give a listen. So let's start with the big question we wanted to talk about. If you are fully vaccinated, you're where you're supposed to be. How worried should you be about getting COVID-19 at this point? You can get COVID-19, especially in view of the circulating uh, variant, the Delta variant, which has become the dominant variant in the United States at this time. It's replaced the Alpha variant. And this variant is more contagious. You're not protected in the sense of acquiring infection with it. But if you do acquire it, the likely scenario is that you will either have no symptoms or relatively mild cold-like symptoms. The vaccines are highly effective in preventing serious outcomes if you do get infected. The serious outcomes are hospitalization, requirement for uh, being on a mechanical ventilator or death. And uh, the CDC and the states have been tracking the statistics. Data that I've seen from the CDC show that uh, of those who are fully vaccinated, less than 0.004% have had a breakthrough infection that leads to hospitalization and less than 0.001% have died of a breakthrough. Most of the serious breakthroughs, about three quarters of them, have occurred among older populations, those over 65, and those who have had comorbidities. So I think that that's very powerful and true information. You know, we think about things that will lead us out of the pandemic and the things that will protect us during the pandemic. And it's an array of things, but the vaccines are at the heart, the center, whatever you want to call it, of getting us out of this pandemic and also keeping us safer during the pandemic. The other measures are masking, masks work, hand hygiene, distancing, common sense things, avoiding crowds. All of these come together to create a a safer environment while we're in the pandemic. But I think, you know, and many people have said this, oh, testing as well. Testing is also part of the combined efforts. But uh, the vaccines are the core uh, to getting us out of this situation. If you are one of those breakthroughs and not necessarily hospitalizations, but you do get sick, how much, if you're fully vaccinated, how contagious are you? So the fully vaccinated are, quite frankly, very contagious in the uh, setting of this Delta variant. That's the hallmark of the Delta variant. It is very contagious. 
And that's why it's been such a problem. And that's why we're in the current surge in cases. You know, there had been a nice lull early in the summer, late spring, early summer. Uh, now we've had a spike that has spread through the United States and other places. And that has been driven by the Delta variant, which is highly contagious. So I'm curious, we've heard so much about long COVID, about the long term people that don't pass from the virus, but have long term difficulties. Fully vaccinated breakthrough cases. Do we have any data or any understanding if long COVID is still in play for the fully vaccinated or is it too early to to tell? I, I think it's pretty early, you know, in the understanding of this uh, as well. And, um, you know, certainly long COVID is is well described. Uh, it is problematic for, you know, those who have had it. Uh, probably for people uh, who have been on the sicker end of the curve, it's, it's a real possibility. Uh, but I think it's relatively early. And, you know, the number of, of, of substantial breakthroughs is, is low enough that, it, you know, it needs to really be sorted out scientifically. For people that have kids that aren't eligible to be vaccinated under 12, if your whole family is fully vaccinated and most of the people they have close contact with close relatives, let's say grandparents, stuff like that. Uh, and the school is doing what it's can. Uh, what should the level of worry for parents be about their, their unvaccinated children? I mean, there's only so much you can do, right? Right. So I think that that is the piece that, you know, parents have to feel comfortable with that you're doing everything you can. And, you know, hopefully these vaccines will be released uh, soon for children, uh, for the younger children. Uh, you know, vaccination rates for uh, the teenagers that are eligible, the, you know, the older preteens and the teenagers that are eligible, at least in the state of New Jersey, are cruising around 50%. So I think that the masking, the hand hygiene, distancing where possible, you know, watching your contacts, you know, situational awareness, I think all of those come into play. Now, you know, it has to be acknowledged that the hospitalizations that are being seen by this in this surge are hospitalizations, ICU needs, deaths, are being driven by the unvaccinated. And the number of pediatric cases are surging, uh, not only in our region, but this is a national issue. The numbers of cases are higher than during previous surges, mainly because this is, this is an unvaccinated group. Those younger children are an unvaccinated group. Uh, so, you know, this is an area of interest. You know, we all can't wait until the vaccine is authorized for these children. What would be the big thing you're looking for? I mean, obviously, you're looking to see, make sure the vaccine is safe for the kids. What is different with a young person that this vaccine is OK for 12 and up, but there could be concerns younger? Is just because there's so much development going on with these kids that the, so you just want to make sure that everything's in po on point? So here are the, 
uh, you know, I remember from uh, pediatrics rotation many years ago, they would say, you know, children are not just little adults. So there are a lot of things that are different about them and they are a vulnerable population. Uh, you know, they depend on their parents to make good decisions for them, uh, their uh, parents or guardians. So they have to ensure that these vaccines are safe and effective in younger children. My crystal ball tells me that the, the answer will be yes, they are. Uh, but I think that um, they they do need to be cautious. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they're moving ahead with these evaluations as quickly as they can because they recognize the need to get this this population vaccinated. And you know, parents are anxious about it, and rightly so. Overall, how would you kind of rate the job we've done? with vaccinations i mean from january till about may you know it was millions a day i think a lot of people figured we were going to hit a point where it was going to be tough sledding i think it's been much tougher the the last several miles of this journey than anybody anticipated but overall how do you think we've done and as a piggyback on that President Biden's kind of mandate for so many companies that have more than 100 people, people have to get vaccinated or tested every week. Is that what we kind of need, you think, to get us over this these final few humps? So, so first and foremost, I think that the way the vaccine program with regard to the development of the vaccines, okay, I think that that was amazing with efficacy beyond what would have gotten well beyond with what would have gotten them the emergency use authorization. And I think that uh, the system of running these things in parallel, which could, which could only happen with the support of the federal government, which was the guarantor for the development of these, was a big key to this success. I think because of the, some of the structural things within our free society, the rate of vaccination was not what it could or should have been. Uh, you know, the initial part where, you know, people were rushing up, those were all the people who really wanted the vaccine. They understood it, et cetera, and they understood the importance of it. Unfortunately, the situation did become politicized. And I think that, you know, a public health crisis should never be politicized because then you really disadvantage the citizens. I'm going to say something that may sound uh, particularly harsh. You know, when people say, you know, it's my right not to get vaccinated, it's my right not to wear a mask or you're impinging on my liberties with this. I could tell you, having cared for many patients in the ICU setting, patients who were dying, et cetera, there's nothing worse for your, lib for your liberty than being a captive audience on a respirator in an ICU where you're not sure your outcome is going to be survival. It's absolutely heartbreaking for no one should die of a vaccine preventable disease at this time. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And I'm just speaking honestly about this 
and from the heart, you know, not to offend anybody with this. But the politicization of this has done a lot of harm to people and has stagnated and caused frustration, too, for those who are fully vaccinated. I laud the Biden administration for going forward with this. You know, uh, the scope is about 100 million federal employees, healthcare workers, and other private sector workers, companies with greater than 100 employees, and also a lot more money put into rapid tests. I believe the figure is about $2 billion. So I laud them for that. Many physicians are very enthused about this. I'm enthused with this. The counter though, and I think somebody said it well, is this may be too little too late. Okay, the federal government was feigned to get involved. Now they're getting involved. I'm optimistic though. I'm optimistic. And these vaccines are the way that we're gonna get out of this pandemic. Okay, the, the sooner we get on board. Now vaccine rates have gone up. Again, vaccine rates have gone up uh, during the surge, uh, but uh, everybody who's eligible should go forward, get their vaccine. And uh, this is good for the individual. It's good for their families, their friends, and good for society. And this will get us out sooner. Another thing that was raised with um, this type of a mandate is will this have an effect on people quitting their jobs? And, you know, it may, but I don't think that that should cause us to be paralyzed. I think that this is a good move. It's a good message by the federal government, uh, you know, to get a bit more serious about this with regard to pushing this issue. Uh, you know, there are people in other countries who don't have access to these vaccines. We do. Uh, so it would be a shame to waste this. Uh, we're blessed to have these. And my final question, and you kind of referenced earlier Delta being the dominant strain. I have heard things about some other strains that have emerged, and I think you referenced that in, in this country. I think one I've heard is Mu. Uh, mm -hmm. What is our level of concern with these variants being something even worse than Delta, or is the fact that Delta is so dominant, it's actually helping us because it doesn't allow anything else to take take a foot? Well, Matt, you know, uh, I don't know if, you know, it would truly prevent another uh, one of these variants. The big concern right now, you know, these coronaviruses in general are able to mutate. And that's why you get these variants, because they get mutational events. And, you know, the clock is ticking with this, too. Eventually, you'll get mutations that do decrease vaccine efficacy substantially. So uh, that is also a very compelling reason for us to get on with this move forward get people fully vaccinated. So these, you know, and you're right, Mu is, it's in the United States, low levels of it, but uh, this is certainly a variant of interest uh, that looks like the mutations may uh, hinder vaccine efficacy. Uh, you know, another one is Lambda. They have these uh, Greek letters to them. 
And uh, it's good that CDC state health departments are tracking these uh, to know where they're appearing so that strategies can be developed. Uh, and right now, uh, the strategy number one, first and foremost, is get vaccinated. Masking, return to masking, enhanced testing, hand hygiene, and trying to just use prudence about where you go and what you do. You know, we've had a convergence now of some holidays, school reopening, sports, high school, college, professional sports, you know, people all clustered together at these events. So that also makes for a perfect storm. Uh, so, uh, you know, and people are could acknowledge that people do get fatigued with all the measures. But if we get vaccinated, if you're on, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated now, work with these measures, our chance of getting out of this will be greatly enhanced so that we're not in this miserable situation indefinitely. Now, by get out of it, I mean, you know, an end to the pandemic. We've lost the opportunity to totally obliterate SARS-CoV-2. Many experts say, you know, this will be with us indefinitely. It will come and go. We'll have increases. We'll have decreases. We'll have to institute measures. The World Health Organization will ultimately declare the pandemic over. But... Uh, this particular coronavirus will be with us indefinitely. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.